want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show with DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. The XL Fell debuts again. Uh, Russell Westbrook might be headed to the Clippers, and we talk about what will be the biggest MLB storyline all year. But we'll begin today's show with Manny Machado, star third baseman announced earlier in the week that he will be opting out of his contract at the end of the season, despite the Padres' attempts to re-sign him. Z, is this a smart move for Manny? And how excited are you that he's going to be joining the Mets? Stop. Stop. Do not put that out there. It's just Manny being Manny, man. Do not put that. Yeah, go the Red Sox. <laughs> Manny being Manny. Go the fucking Red Sox. Oh, God. Is it a smart move? I mean, he's betting on himself. Like, I'll give him that. Like, Manny Machado is betting on himself, right? Well, it's just a market thing, right? I mean, if you look at what everybody's making, you see what Aaron Judge just did, and we're going to talk about Otani. Yeah, but, we are going to talk about Otani, but I he's mean, not. It just, I mean, come on. Wasn't he, like, the runner-up in the National League MVP voting last year? He was, he's damn, he had to be top five. I mean, he's a, he has a silver slugger. Six-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove. He's won a Platinum Glove, but he's a—he's—I don't know. I—I I don't see him as being like. The I mean, he's a dirty player, right? He's, he's a dirty, dirty player. player. We yeah. know. We all agree he's a dirty player. He's yeah, a dirty, he's a d- dirty player. All right, so let's get, let's you know let's talk about dirty players, right? Let's let's talk about if we're gonna do like an apples to apples comparison, right? Otani is like a generational type player. If we're going to do like a comp in the NBA, it would be like Giannis being a free agent. Right? Manny Machado's Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. Well, a younger version. A younger Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Right. Right. So, I can get on board with that. Right. So, you know, but he's good. He's talented, but he comes with baggage. Is he going to want to play shortstop again? Is he, you know, what situation is going to best behoove him? Is he going to fetch what a unique talent like Shohei Otani is going to fetch? I would argue no. I would argue no. Now, he's very good. But the first go-round, he didn't get what was expected. 
what has he done since then that makes you think that he's going to get it the second go round? What what makes you think what what stratospheric numbers did he reach? He did. He did. So he is a cog in a wheel at this point in that particular scenario where you have four shortstops in the infield, you know, in, in San Diego. Oh, okay. So you're just saying he's a cog in the wheel in San Diego. You're not saying he's a cog in the wheel in Major League Baseball. Right? No, he's a cog in the wheel in San Diego. Now, at what point does ego get the best of him? Ray did once when he was in Baltimore. Is he going to want to come to a team, right? Is, you know, again, basketball comps. Is he going to be a Kevin Durant where he's satisfied going to a team and playing second banana to a Francisco Lindor? Is he going to go to the Phillies and say, okay, Trey, I'll move to third, or okay, Trey, I'll move to second? Like, I, I don't know if that is going to be, like, I, I don't know if that's going to be what he wants to do this go round. But he's very good. You know, it's one of those things that I can't get on board with this because he is successful in San Diego. Have they been ultimately successful? No, they've not gotten to the promised land. Yeah, but, look but he made going, that team relevant. Yeah, but look at who they're going against, man. I mean, they're 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 playing against the Dodgers won the fucking pennant I think nine in the last ten years um, which a team that he spurned to go to San Diego so it's one he of those... had he played one season with the Dodgers he right? did Didn't he? he did he, he they, certainly did they, <laughs> yes he did yes he did the Orioles traded him he to the Dodgers 66 games for the Dodgers yes. so the Dodgers lost out on Turner they're they're getting older they're losing out on players. Would it make sense to make a run at Manny Machado and bringing him back into the fold? Sure. Why not? But the Giants could use him. Yep. You have, I mean, you're telling me that a team like the Astros wouldn't bring him in? A team like the Blue Jays? A team that's already kind of stacked wouldn't make an offer? Like, I don't, you know, I, I it's not a situation in Toronto. He's going to go up against Vladdy for control of that team. I don't think Vlad Jr. has the ego like that. It's not going to be like a clash of wills like it would be in New York with Lindor. Or if he came to the Yankees, I don't think the Yankees would deal with his nonsense. No, 100% they're going for him. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if Manny Machado will be able to handle it. I don't know. He may, they may try. They he may try. Care. He, you think he cares? I don't think he cares. He will he cares. when he, he will when he's hitting 242 and he's getting booed out of the building. When was the last time he batted 242? Z? Come on, he's a he's like a 300. He's like a 275 to 300 hitter. 256 in 2019. No, yeah, that was that was four years ago. We're in 2023. 304, 278, 298. Uh-huh. And the guy's a baller. He plays. Look at this. He he paid over 150 games the last four seasons. He had only in 2020 did he not play that many years. But that was the COVID year, right? So that's probably, yeah, that was the COVID year where he only played 60 games. Dude plays. Dude's a baller. I think any team would want to add Manny. I think it's smart for him to opt out. 
the only thing I'm questioning is why leave San Diego? Why would you want to like their their owner and their general manager seem like they're committed to winning, right? They went and got they went and got Bogarts. They they have uh, the clown who hurts himself on a on a dirt bike. Um, they went and got Soto. They have Darvish. They've got pitching. So why why would you leave here? And, ego. And ego, money. And money. Money. So it's just about money for Manny. So who's got money? Your team. <laughs> your team. He has no problem playing third base for your team. Uh, that if I if I was a betting man, if I could throw a bet down, that's where I would say he's gonna go. Because Steve doesn't care. Steve's gonna have like the best infield money could buy, even though all his boys are gonna be playing in the World Baseball Classic. That should be interesting. Um, yeah. So I like I like his I, I like I've always liked man. He's a dirty player, but he's good. Like he's a good man. Um, I'd love it if the Braves added him, but I could see teams like. I mean, I, I mean, I could definitely the Yankees. Yes, Toronto. I don't know if Toronto's gonna bother. I think Toronto thinks they're they're there. They're so not. They, Newsflash: You're not. Why do you think they're not? What do you? I mean, we, we're gonna order them up in the next couple of weeks. But I like Toronto. I like their power. I like their ability to hit. Boston. Maybe Boston wants to start spending money again. Get they're dirty, not close. Manny, Manny is gonna want. Manny is gonna want the quick fix. He wants the quick board. Does he want to get paid? White Sox. He'd fit in really good in, in South No, Island. he would not. No. Him and Tim Anderson? We're going to fight. Step up in the party hot. Step up in the exactly. Party hot. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Minnesota. Minnesota. Him and Carlos Correa on the left side of the infield. <laughs> oh How'd you get here? What about, what about the Angels? I mean... Otani saying he wants to see that they're committed to winning. Man, adding Manny Machado says you're committed to winning, right? Eh, I don't know that it does. I would actually say, I would argue that getting a pitcher would help. <laughs> Texas, the Rangers. Oh, dear God. Why would you bother? They want to win? You... They, they, hey, they have made moves the last couple of years where they're clearly trying to win. Well, you and you I have... both ordered them up last week. I had them at fourth. <laughs> you had them at third. Or yeah, vice versa. I, yeah, because yeah, I don't, no. I don't see it happening. But I can see how there they could try. Here's there's one. No, there's no place for him in the end of the LL Central. Here's San Francisco, one. San Francisco is a San Francisco is a is a um, viable option for him, right? Oh, it's, it's his show. It, it, you know, Brandon Crawford will move. Like they got the, the whole money. thing. They have they the money. money. They're going to erase Aaron Judge's name, and they're going to oh. put Manny Machado's name on it. So it's going to – I mean well, – they, they, they tried to put Correa's name on it. That didn't work out. Yeah, well, well they all, he also doesn't have the injury history that Carlos Correa like, does. striking out like crazy. <laughs> it's like shit. I mean, we're going to talk about them later, but uh, that was definitely a few swings and a miss by, by uh, San Francisco. But what about the Marlins? I think the, Mar- the Marlins would get their bona fide star that you can put in with the young core. I mean, it mimics A-Rod almost to the T. And he's very A-Rod. He oh, reminds yeah. me a lot of A-Rod. So it wouldn't surprise me if 
they gave him a boatload of dough and he goes down there to, you know, put the Marlins back on the island of relevancy. I mean, that makes sense. And it's Miami. It's not like it's Tampa, right? Miami's a major market. Like, that would get asses and seats down there. So, I, I could definitely see that. Oh, I think you're that. overstating that. I mean, you really think that? <laughs> I don't know about all that, man. But wait, man. I mean, I know we're I know we're not talking about the Mets, but you know, for Verlander and Scherzer, over or under sixteen wins apiece for those two guys. Mm. Over, combined over. Wow. Yeah. So I'm looking at, but not by much. You know, I'm looking one is sixteen, one is seventeen, over under. A combined four stints on the IL. That's a little bit more realistic. They're both. I'm not worried about Verlander. I worry about Noodle Arm. I worry about Dead Arm. That guy. I'm not worried about Verlander at all. He's he got a new arm. He showed it off last season. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about Noodle Arm. You know, but I mean, they're both. You have them both winning over 16 games. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. But, you know, Manny Machado might be the lead story today. But the lead story all season, I think, is going to be Otani. During a press conference last week, Otani stated he was an angel as of right now. And that is what he's focusing on. Will Otani be the biggest story all year? And will his next contract start with a five or a six? <laughs> well... We'll start with the first question. We'll start with the second question. It's going to be six. Wow. Six and a quarter. That's wild. Easily. Now, because of the simple fact that he will, he's a two-way player, right? You're going to get a top-flight pitcher, and you're going to get a top-flight hitter in one guy. So take what you will for a pitcher, take what you will for a hitter, and combine the two. That's what you're gonna. That's what you're gonna command if you're Shohei Otani. Now he has delivered the goods. Now, where does he end up? That's the question. Now, his commitment to winning. What is it? Well, it's not right? only. Well, I mean, it's not. It, it's not where he's gonna end up. Is like, I mean, do you really think he's gonna be the biggest story all year, or will it be? Will it be Judge hitting like 65 home runs? Will it be Volpe no. coming up? No. Uh, will it, you know, or is there some other dark horse story that we're not even considering? Are the Rockies going to all of a sudden no. win the NL West? Give me another one. <laughs> Give me another one. No, I think it's going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. That's the story? That's the story. What's he going to be when he comes back from his suspension? Is he going to be a reckless player? How is he going to fit in with the team? How... It's going to be a... How is he going to handle playing the outfield? It's going to be a major story all year. Now, Shohei Otani, it's going to be a major story next year because he's going to be a free agent. So you think he, you don't think he gets traded at the deadline? I don't think they could... You would have to move heaven and earth to make this happen. If they were going to do it, you do it in the offseason. If you're going to do it, you do it then. I don't necessarily think that teams are going to want to shell out what you're going to need to shell out for Shohei Otani for a rental. 
Like well, that's... I think you would make the move with the idea of re-signing him, right? And the thing is, is like you have teams like the Dodgers. That's very players. risky. They have teams like the. Well, when was the last time that didn't happen? Like, look at Lindor. Lindor made the move to sign, right? Guys it was right have... down to the deadline. Yeah. So there are no guarantees. Let's think back to when the Houston Astros acquired Randy Johnson in 1998. He was gone the next year. Yeah. Like, it's the it's a risk. Unless I have something ironclad guaranteed, he signs the contract that day. I'm not making that trade. It's too big of a risk. It's too big of a gamble. But if you're and the Dodgers, let's talk you've got to be it, you know. ballsy enough to think that we're going to pull this off. You ain't going to say no to us. The no, one dif- like the Marlins. The, the difference Phillies. between the difference between the Dodgers and other markets is that he plays in Anaheim. He plays two hours away. He knows that market. You're going to trade him to the Bronx. Like that is something that he may not necessarily like. He didn't like you go around the first go around when he ended up signing with the Angels. Yeah, but what about Queens? I don't know. I mean, his boy Epler is there. His boy Epler is there, but. Are you willing to do what is necessary over the in the season, right? You're talking about probably Jeff McNeil, probably Francisco Alvarez, probably Brett Beatty, and a slew of prospects. Because it, it's going to cost you a lot. Now, deep farm teams, deep farm systems like the Braves, they might be able to do that. But teams that are gun-shy, like uh, the Mets and the Yankees, how many times are you going to get burned on prospects? See, I, now, don't think, I, don't think, yeah, I don't think the Mets are gun-shy. The Yankees are recently, but I don't think the Mets are. You think the Mets are? They are very hesitant to give up their top prospects. And Billy Epler comes from that, that, he comes from that Cashman's tree. So Cashman treats his prospects like gold and unfortunately there's a lot of fool's gold there <laughs> and there's a lot of there has been a lot of fool's gold with the Mets so I mean you're in a con- I mean Steve he's in a Cohen, contract you're, he's you're in a contract make year. That move. this guy is in a contract year I mean what kind of numbers is this this dude gonna put up this year I mean he was already he's already been their best pitcher and their best hitter Cy Young MVP. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Right, is that that's what you're aiming for? I think if there are a lot of people that are. I think there are a lot of people that are still upset that he didn't win the MVP last year, and I think that's why his story has been more front and center than Judge or Tatis Jr. or anybody else this year. Which rightfully so, right? I mean, I I mean I know we differ on this, but I think he got cheated. I mean, I get that judge did what he did, but the dude is the best hitter and the best pitcher on the damn team. Like <laughs> he's hitting bombs and striking people out, which is incredible. Like he's gonna sell tickets wherever he goes and he's gonna compete at a high level wherever he goes. Yeah, but is he also going to is he going to monopolize the salary? So eventually it comes to the, the point of are the pockets deep enough? Cohen's is deep enough. Now I don't know Dude's buying ads during the Super Bowl. You saw yeah. that shit? <laughs> yeah. 
Call, you spit out your cornflakes when you saw that? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it was a local ad. Local ads are cheaper than national ads. Yeah. But still. <laughs> but, but, Cohen has deep pockets. Easy. Yeah, don't keep trying to kill me. The Dodgers have deep pockets. The Padres have deep pockets. Now, if you lose out on Manny Machado, that becomes very interesting. You now suddenly have a one-two punch of Darvish and Otani. Wow. That would be very interesting to pair and then have a middle of the order, potentially of Tatis Jr., Soto, and Otani. Like, I mean, they they like to throw money around like they it's do. going out of style. No, they do. Now, I mean, they're committed to winning. I mean, they were they were shit for a while, so I get it. Like, it's 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 going through a cycle, right? It's like, okay, we've been shit. We were shit for like two or three years. Let's start spending money and be relevant again. You know, it's just look at the Rangers, the same thing. It's like, okay, we've been shit. All right, let's start spending money. Marcus Simeon, uh, let's go get that fool from Queens. And uh, yeah, let's let's this with Corey Seager. But this is new money versus old money. New money eventually runs out. And then they have to deal off players. Like, that's what ends up happening. Like, it's not sustainable. Like, team old money, like the Dodgers. Old money, like the Yankees. Can you imagine... Can you imagine Otani in Fenway Park? That would be very interesting. That would be very interesting. Can you imagine Otani on the south side of Chicago? Possibly. No. I think so. I think so. I think so. Like, you can... De- you definitely... Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, there's always... Everyone there's always says, an option with Seattle. But, every, but see, I say that to people and they're like, he's not going to Seattle. Like, why wouldn't he want to go to Seattle? He, I mean, come on. Ichiro, like, they've had good Asian-American ballplayers up there. Like, what are you talking about? Well, it's a different scenario in that, um, you know, it's not the same thing. The ball, the ballpark is not going to play well for him. It definitely is. It'll play well for him as a pitcher. It'll definitely like enhance his numbers there, but I I don't know if it necessarily helps him offensively, but then, you know, if he, if he cared about offensive numbers, he would go to the Rockies. So... (laughs) Hitting him out of the hitting him out of the stadium. Yeah, he'd be hit, he'd be hitting him a mile high. But yeah. you know, it, it again, it depends on how deep the pockets are, and what you're willing to do to move heaven and earth to make this happen. I don't. I mean, for that kind of contract and for that kind of extension, if you were to do it in midseason, it's going to cost you so much. I, I don't know how teams are going to. But I, he, I just don't see it. Because this is from the Yankees' perspective alone. Let's just go from the Yankees because they're yeah. going to be the hungriest, right? Yeah. All right. Volpe, Dominguez, probably Peraza. Um, I would probably want one or two pitchers. Like it gets very rich very fast. Aaron Hicks. Oh God! You're gonna. Have, you would have to offset salary. You would have either either Donaldson or Hicks. Uh, all right, this, this, all right. This is how we're gonna do this. You're taking Aaron Hicks. I don't care if you have to sleep with my wife. You're taking Aaron Hicks. Brian, his wife's in a coma. <laughs> I. Uh, but the only thing I. The only thing with Otani, as great as he is, I don't. 
know if he's a guy you build around, if that sounds weird, right? I feel like he's an addition. Like, you've already got something going on, and this kind of puts you over the top. Like, I don't... I don't think you can acquire him and then build around him, right? And I only say that because, okay, how long is he really going to be a top flight flight pitcher, right? I mean, eventually he's just going to be a DH, right? Or eventually he's just going to be playing first. Um, Realistically, he has a fastball, a splitter, and he's got kind of a slider. Like, it's not the best slider in the world. So it's, it's essentially fastball splitter. Like, how many years can you get out of that? Like, Hideo Nomo only got so long. No, no, David Cohn. David Cohn. No, David Cohn had pretty good breaking stuff. Yeah. But you can only rely on a fastball and a splitter for so long before eventually you either become a relief pitcher. (laughs) They're hammering the slow crap. (laughs) I'll just, I'll throw it. You make sure you catch it. Where do you think he wants to go? Mm. What do you think he wants? The truth I mean, he clearly, clearly, there's got to be a part of him that wants a certain market, wants a certain team, wants this to go a certain way. I mean, I don't think there's any part of him that wants to stay with the Angels. I think he's kind of like, ah, this isn't, I don't really, I don't want to be Mike Trout. No, the, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, he sees Mike Trout, and Mike Trout's like a content baseball player. Like, I don't care how well we're doing. I'm staying here. I'm making my money. I like it here. Like, whatever. And I feel like he looks at Mike Trout, and he's like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so that's not – I'm not in it for this. I'm not no. in it for this. Yeah, I mean, Shohei Otani is the face of baseball at this point. I would say, I would argue that he is the face of baseball. Now, I'm, of course, Stephen A. Smith would disagree with me because, you know, Stephen A. Smith is like that. But truth be told, you want to go to a big market, right? Now, Anaheim, like you can say what you want. The Los Angeles Angel, it's Anaheim. You play in Anaheim. You play two hours south of L.A. I love L.A. Like, that's the be-all, end-all. Like, that is where... Like, that is where you want to be. Either in L.A. or in New York. Like, those are... Like, those... You know, say what you will. Those still get eyes. Right? You're not going to go to the Kansas City Royals. You're not going to go to the St. Louis Cardinals. They, they're not going to go to the Milwaukee Brewers... You're not going to the Rockies or the Diamondbacks. You're going to a team with cachet if you're Otani. Like, you tried. You tried the Angels. Like, you went. It was a cute story. Like, I, I just want to go. I, I don't want anything too big. You know, it's that it's that first house. It's that starter home. And then you start making some money and you can afford something better kind of thing. So you kind of upgrade. So what... What would be the biggest upgrades out there? Dodgers or Yankees? Now, it's a question of fit. It's a question of personality type. If Shohei Otani is, you know, if he has that outsized rock star persona, then he'll fit right in in either market. But if he's a little more reserved, if he's a little, you know, shy around the media, if he's a little bit, you know, 
if he's a little bit of a background type player, if he's a little bit of a wallflower, I would suggest the Dodgers. Because with the Yankees, it's going to be a microscope like he's never experienced. Because there's going to be instant pressure. Pressure that has not been felt before. Right? Because the Yankees have not won since 2009. He's going to be the magic bullet. He's going to be the guy who, you know, he's the instant X factor. He's the guy who's going to take it over the top. And then you'll have, oh, Judge, Judge Otani and Stanton in the middle of the order. And then they still won't be able to get anything done. Now, I ultimately think he's going to end up with the Dodgers. They missed out on Soto. They're going to want him. They're going to want him bad. And I'm sure they can feel the Padres coming. Say what they will. They feel the Padres coming. So if they want to extend, if they want to extend this window, because Kershaw's getting older, you're, you know, Dustin May, he's coming back. But if you want to keep extending this as far as you can, you want to keep moving forward. A 28-year-old pitcher who's entering the prime of his career and who's a monster slugger as well. I gotta say, I, I would go. I would go with the Dodgers if I was him. And we know they can afford him. We know they can absolutely afford him. But you know, inject uh, yourself with the truth serum. What are you thinking? You know, I really, I really, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I really believe he's heading to either the Mets or the Yankees. That would be my best guess. I think they're going to fork over. I think it's going to happen in the trade deadline. Because the Angels aren't going to let him walk for nothing. <laughs> they're not going to let they're not going to lose out on him and he's not going to resign there. So, and they're not going to take their chances. They're going to get whatever they can get from who's going to give them the most. And a team like the Mets will be able to sign give him whatever money he wants. And I think a team like the Yankees will exercise whatever power they can to give him what he wants. Um, yeah, but I'd lean heavier towards the Mets over the Yankees. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. SweetLifeBrownieCo, because there's always room for a brownie. Moving over to the NBA, your boy, Russell Westbrook, has bought his way out of Utah, the alleged 
top 75 player and future Hall of Famer, I say that very loosely, is rumored to be heading back to LA, but this time to play with the Clippers. Is this the player the Clippers need to make noise in the playoffs this year? He's just not good. No. He's just not Absolutely good. This is not. like Derek Carr situation. Like, I don't understand. Are we really talking about this? Are we really talking about this? Like, this dude is so bad that he, he can't shoot anymore. He hasn't been able to shoot for the last, like, three or four years. The only way this works is if he is completely a pass-first player. You have Kawhi. You have... Paul George, like if if they somehow get to him, it's like you will never shoot the ball. Pass the fucking ball or you sit. Now, without him, they're at 33 and 28, right? Clippers are second in the Pacific. And they made they made some moves, right? They definitely they they adjusted their roster accordingly, but <clears throat> I really don't see the personality fit. I don't see the personality fit. Now, like you said, many times, Russell Westbrook is a very intense guy. Now, if he do, if things aren't going his way, is that, you know, is he going to keep moving forward like that? Can he compartmentalize like a Kawhi Leonard can? Kawhi Leonard's stone cold. You know, he's just he's just there about the ball. He's there. He's playing. He's good. Paul George, <clears throat> excuse me. Paul George is a little bit in between. Paul George is a little a little aloof, right? Mister Playoff P, very much, very into himself, his image. The moment it goes south. I don't know necessarily how it's going to work. But why? It's not going to go south. Why would it go south? See, I mean, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a quiet leader on that team. Ty Lue is actually a really good coach. PG-13, while he can't hit, like, clutch shots, he's a baller. He plays very well. He actually played with Russell Westbrook before in OKC. Um, and what they do in OKC? Did, is there a ring that I'm missing? No. But yeah. whose fault is that? I, mean, it's, I don't think it's any of their faults. I just think that they were up against much better talent at the time. But I'm just trying to say he's he's to me he's not a he, he's negative because he's just bad. Not because I don't think he's gonna cause drama. I mean he, even with the Lakers, I thought his attitude was pretty positive. I think he was averaging like seven and a half assists a game. It's just that you can't rely on him to make shots. Like, it's almost like you and I out there just passing the ball around. Like, there's no, there's zero. It's like back in the day when they used to let Rondo shoot. Remember? It's like, like, yeah, go ahead, Rondo, shoot. We're not letting any of these Hall of Famers beat us. You could beat us. We're not letting the Hall of Famers beat us. And I just think you get into that, that situation, you know? And he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't play particularly well without the ball. Um... You know, so I, I, that, that's, that's my, that's my one hiccup I have. <coughs> he doesn't play well without the ball. Well, when you're Mr. Triple Double, you know, that, that kind of goes without saying. 
but how are you going to fit in? And this has been the issue with Russell Westbrook fitting in with other players that need the ball as much, if not more than you do. Right. LeBron, just like that. Yeah. Friends. Great. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What Russell Westbrook was most successful when he was a ball dominant player. You got two superstars who are better than you. <laughs> They're better than you. So, I don't see how this works at all. Right? He's better than John Wall. Whoopee! Right, and that's the other Whoopee. thing. Well, that's the thing is, like, I, I, I <laughs> the John Wall situation is wild. They traded him back to Houston. <laughs> He's still not going to play for them. What is wild? That's... That's very petty. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't think... You you say he's better than John Wall. I don't think he's much different than John Wall. It's pretty much the same deal. You're getting a guy... He's willing to show up to work. Isn't that something? He's willing to show up to work. Yeah. So I'll I'll give him that. I will give Russell Westbrook that, but that's about it. Now... He's he's got nothing else to do. Yeah. I, I don't know. This doesn't really... This doesn't take the Clippers over the top, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't move my needle. I think Denver's better than them. Oh, I yeah. think Memphis is better than them. If Phoenix somehow gets their act together and they're able to play, unlike what happened in Brooklyn, if Phoenix is able to get all of their big men, all their big four on the floor, Phoenix is better than them. Dallas, if they can ever get it together, right? That backcourt, that backcourt can carry a series. I don't think that the Clippers, as presently constituted, can really make a lot of noise. Now, of the top six, I didn't even mention Memphis, but of the top six, you know, they could probably most likely will t- could take out Sacramento. Sacramento's been bad for so long, this is the first year they've been good. So, yeah, they could definitely work with that. Warriors get hot. Warriors can take them out. There's there's very few teams. There, there are very few teams that the Clippers, like, can handily beat. Everybody here, it's either going to be favored the other way, or it's going to be very close. Even a team like the Nuggets, who haven't, you know, lived up to potential, the Nuggets are talented enough that they will take out, take out the Clippers. I don't know if this, this move necessarily takes them over the top. Does it move them deeper into the playoffs? Maybe by a round. Maybe one round. That's really that's really about it. But we would be remiss if we did not talk about the NBA All-Star game that was last weekend out in Utah. Giannis's team beat LeBron's team 184 to 175. Let that sink in. It was 99-95 at half. Coach Mike Malone who was coaching in the game 
said it was one of the worst basketball games he'd ever seen in his life. So, how much longer is the NBA going to take this for granted and, you know, just keep sending out this crap on All-Star Weekend? I think think there is going to be some serious conversations during the next collective bargaining agreement because people paid a lot of money to go to that game and it was just trash. It was just trash. People were not getting back on defense. People making poor attempts to play at the ball. Like they thought, probably you're just you're just not playing with any pride. You're not playing. You're not respecting the game. You know, I can remember. I remember back when watching Jordan and and Tim Hardaway and those guys playing the All Star game. Yeah, they goofed around for three quarters. But in the fourth quarter, I'm trying to win this game, you know, and I'm not just going to let guys blow by me. Uh, I'm going to block it. I'm going for rebounds. I'm going for the ball. It's just it's just embarrassing. Like, how could Adam Silver trot that out there like that and and just be totally cool with it? Well, he's in, he's in the player's pocket, you know, like he is. He is in the ultimate player's commissioner. But if you're going to be like that, then don't even go. Let's get guys there that want to play, that respect the It's disrespectful to the, to the game, the way they carry themselves <coughs> in that in that matter, in my opinion. It is... I wouldn't say it's disrespectful because it is an exhibition. But at the end of the day... Harlem Globetrotters play in exhibition games that were more exciting than that. But that's what this is. That's what this is. It's entertainment. Air quotes. There's nothing entertaining about this. Like, you want to just watch people cruise to the basket and what try some dunks? Okay, that's fine. But it doesn't move the needle. And no matter what you try... Whatever you try and do to make it happen, it's not really working, right? You have the team, the team captains, and then you have the draft. But now you can't have the last picked let be the last picked because it's you know the person who is really last picked is going to get offended that he was last picked, and it's just it's very middle school playground bullshit. Like, this is what the NBA All-Star Game has become. I would prefer if they scrapped it and took a cue from the NFL. The Pro Bowl games was bizarrely entertaining. It was. As a skills competition, it was bizarrely entertaining. I think that's something... I think you can move towards that in the future. Yeah, but the NBA already does skills competition. They do a dunk contest. They do a three-point shooting contest. What about three-on-three tournaments? That'd be fun. No. No. You still, you still have to play the no. game. No. 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 Pablo Torre mentioned one-on-one, a one-on-one tournament. That's that, awful. That I don't know about that. That don't would take listen, too long. Don't listen to his podcast. That was awful. Yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, that doesn't really do it for me. Three-on-three in the NHL doesn't do it for me. I but, love three on three in the NHL. That's fun. Yeah, I just don't like the concept of the round robin tournament. I don't. I don't like it at all. 
So, but I do tune in for fastest skater, hardest shot. Yeah, that's cool. Breakaway relay. Like, I'm interested in that. I don't care about the game. I don't I just, care about the game. I just want, I think, like, I think three on three, half court, and, uh, you know, you you um, vote for the all-stars or you even vote for team selection or have somebody create the teams. It all takes place on the Sunday. Games are to 11, and there are two games going on at the same time on the half courts. And then you're basically playing around Robin. The whole thing should last like two or three hours. And and then that's it. And then you have a team that represents, you know, they won the three-on-three tournament. They've been dying to get some kind of NCAA tournament in into like the NBA season. That that's the best way to do it. It's just and it's bragging rights, you know. Look, like let's put it this way, Z. LeBron and Giannis, they ain't gonna lose in the first round. They ain't gonna be shut out like eleven to one or, or something like that. Like they're gonna make sure that they get to the finals or that they move on. You know, regardless of who they're playing against. They're gonna take they're gonna take pride in that. They're gonna take that seriously. I don't necessarily agree. I, I think you're there for the you're there for the parties, you're there for the media obligations. And Giannis will take it seriously. LeBron's at the tail end of his career. Like think about like a guy like Giannis being able to I don't know, being able to team with you know, just team with guys he doesn't get to team with. Like he he gets to select who he's who he's gonna be, you know, who's gonna be his part of his three man group. I mean It doesn't excite me. <sighs> it doesn't excite me whatsoever. Like nothing, you're not moving my needle at all. Like none of this is exciting. I really don't. I don't care about the 24 best NBA players because the NBA product is crap. So how do you make the NBA product less crappy so that I would think about? It? Here's an idea, and I think that the players would really get into this. Winner take all. Everybody's paycheck on the floor, <laughs> and they did that that one year. Everybody's paycheck. The winner gets everything. You lose, you get nothing. You, Can you imagine? You lose, you have to be. Uh, you you face a firing squad outside the stadium. I think that you, would. I think that would. Move you have to push. Time. You have to push the bus back to the hotel. <laughs> you have to push the limo you have to, to walk the party. Home with no clothes. Yeah. But we have to take play off. for the Sacramento Kings for the rest of the season. Hey, they're in third place right now. They're in third place in the Western Conference. Some team, some players might sign up for that. Where's but, Luke Walton? Is he actually coaching the league anymore? Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, sexual assault allegations. I believe Sounds he's. Right. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's done. But <laughs> you know, rightfully so. Rightfully so, based on what we uh, what we heard there. But I think that that would put some pride in the game. Oh, he's actually an assistant coach with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh jeez, oh jeez. If you want to hide out, go ahead. But yeah, you have like De'Aaron Fox played nine minutes. Jaron Jackson Jr. played eight minutes. You're looking at you know Drew Holiday played nine. Like you're not getting Shagilgis Alexander only played ten minutes. Like really, what are we doing here? Like <laughs> what are we doing here? Why are we, why are these guys showing up? Well, I'm gonna get two minutes of play. Why the fuck am I coming? Why am I coming? Just put just you know put it on my resume that I was an all star and move on. But I don't know. 
some kind of skills competition I think is going to be better off and beef that up because that's way more interesting and then if you are so hell bent on playing a game winner take all I think that would get guys really playing hard like they'll actually play defense like they would actually play defense if they meant that they were getting paid and the other guys were you might actually see something there Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But speaking of guys, you know, some guys getting paid and some aren't. We were talk of the, <laughs> the XFL. <laughs> The XFL 3.0, not even 2.0, 3.0, debuted this past weekend to a chorus of empty stadiums and small viewership around the U.S. I watched a little bit of it, and uh, I don't know if you did, but... I did, I did. Yeah. So what did you like? What did you dislike? And what can they improve on? All right, so what I do like, and I think there is a lot of people that like this, I really like the kickoffs. I think it's fun. I think it's, I mean, I don't know how it would work on a pro level um, because I think the pros would probably get out of that, like, you know, that five yard contact and, and just break it open. You know, I do think they'll come up with stuff to get by that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like is how The Rock is rocking a number 54 jersey. Like, you know, he's trying to say, like, oh, there's. You know, there's a 53-man roster, and I was always number 54. It's like, no, not really, dude, because there's 16 players that go on a practice squad, and any team could make up a practice squad of any player. So the number you are is actually astronomical. Like you're, you're, you're just, you just weren't good enough. It, it'd just be better if you just wore double zero. I mean, you, you just, wore 97 in college. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you're, you're not number. You weren't number 54. Number 54 probably got on the field one day. You are, you're like, I don't know, 200, 300, something like that bad. Um, now what they got to do better is they got to get the betting lines out there. That's your that is your <coughs> fan base. That's your market. That's what you can do better than the NFL can. You've got that that's your home that's how you're going to get people to watch these games. Is their ability to bet on the game, in-game betting, uh, lines, uh, players over/unders. That's what's going to like I was watching it with my brother-in-law and we're sitting there like this guy can't throw. These people can't block. But man, I'd really like to bet on the game, and I couldn't. You know, you were just basically—at least the sites I was using—you were only allowed to really bet on the, you know, who was going to win, who was going to lose in the over/under. But they've got to have more betting opportunities, and and you know, they'll, it'll grow that way. I like the kickoff. That, that is very interesting that you have one on the 35-yard line, the other one on the 30-yard line, and they cannot move until the ball is the ball lands, whether it's in the in the returner's arms or otherwise. It's very interesting. Um, the tiered extra point system 
is interesting. It seems gimmicky to me, but there is a way that it could work, you know? Uh, I definitely, it's very similar to like the ABA with the idea of the three-point shot. Is it possible? And the NFL already does a tiered extra point system anyway, right? You have your extra point, but then you have the option of going for two. Now, what the three might be a little gimmicky, but it's something that could possibly, you know, be explored maybe during a preseason. It would certainly add a little bit of drama, right? The uncertainty of whether or not you're actually going to convert. Well, it allows people to get back in the game, mm-hmm. right? If, like if you're down you, within, if you if you score twice, I mean you're right back in this. That's that's an 18 point swing. <laughs> that's right. that's a big difference. Um, I would I'd like to see them go with a rolling clock. Uh, don't stop the clock. Just keep running the clock. There's no reason to stop it. Keep it running. Keep it rolling. If you want to go to you know, 20 minute quarters, it's fine. But I, I think it's better if you roll the clock, just keep the clock rolling. Cause you know, these guys can't throw and the end of the game in, in, at certain points of the game, it seems to lag. So I think they'd be better off just having a rolling clock and maybe just do the college thing where like final two minutes, first downs or final four minutes, first down, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it definitely needs some work because it definitely, yeah. You know, there's promise, but again, it seems very gimmicky. Um, the fourth and 15 conversion from their own 25 yard line in the fourth quarter. Ah, that's oh, another one seems oh, very right. gimmicky. Right, right, right. That but that's something It's interesting, but could be very gimmicky. You guys see how that works. The overtime. God help us if these games ever get to overtime. It's a shootout. It's the equivalent of a hockey shootout. Like, that's... That's not football. Can we just go back to sudden death overtime, please? Like, do we need to reinvent the wheel? Just go back to fucking sudden death overtime. We're all butthurt because Josh Allen never touched the ball. Well, then they should have won the fucking coin toss or taken the ball away. Plain and simple. You know what? You were penalizing teams for having good kickers. Why? <laughs> Win the fucking game. Don't let it get to overtime. How about that? There's a radical idea. Try to win the game in regulation. You wouldn't have to do this crap. We have lost the idea of overtime. That being said, the most... My biggest takeaway is that this is like a second chance league or like a reclamation project league. It's not so I mean the USFL is more like the guys who never were. These are the guys that kind of were but then aren't anymore and are trying to get back to it. Like I texted you on Saturday. I'm like, "Okay, who's moving your needle?" AJ McCarron? Martavis Bryant? What year is this? What fucking year is this? These guys aren't moving the needle. They're just not. And 
I mean, the numbers were great in St. Louis, but St. Louis is trying to get back into the NFL. Like the NFL, they're still trying to get an NFL team, an NFL franchise to come back to St. Louis. So, I don't know. It just seems like second rate. Like as cool as the uniforms may look, and as modern as it may seem, and as they're trying different things to make it an alternative. It just comes off as second rate. And what they need to do in order to avoid that is they need to either poach an NFL free agent, which would never happen because they, I don't know if they necessarily can compete financially, or they need to poach a college player. They need to poach a big time prospect. That would give instant credibility. Oh, this is a destination league. This guy was like a number one ranked recruit. Or this guy could have been the number one pick in the draft. He chose us. I think that that is what's going to differentiate them from the ass. Differentiate them from the USFL. Differentiate them from the XFL 2.0. Because yes, this is 3.0. How many shots are we going to get at this? How many shots? I mean, the football was fine. Yeah, it was awful, fine. Z. The football was fine. The football was football. The guys are dropping passes. They shouldn't be dropping. Guys can't throw the. Guys can't throw the ball. Guys, guys can't throw 15 yard outs, man. The guys guy, can't, and they can't the, block. The they can't block. They can't block. You have guys they that can't, can't run the, the football. NFL. That's guys, not they true. can't run the football in the NFL. That's not true, man. That's not true. You have plenty of true. mediocrity in the NFL, too. The problem is that these these guys are at the top of the depth chart. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. The other guy, what you're talking about, right? The game was unwatchable. The game was unwatchable over the weekend. It football got to the football. point where it's like, dude, just, you got to catch the ball. You're wide open. Catch the football. The one team, I think it was the Vegas team, or no, 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 uh, it's probably the, the Texas team. Texas team, they couldn't run the football. Mm-hmm. Couldn't run, and the and the and the running backs running straight up and down, doesn't get low. Took a helmet to his chest and had to come out of the game. My God, it's brutal. It's not. That's not good football, man. But what do you expect from a third string lead? Think about that. Um. Yeah, that's what do you the expect? right. And that's why I'm trying to say that I could get by the terrible football if you gave me something else to watch. For. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm allowed to bet on the game, if I can make interesting bets, that is more attractive to me than watching AJ McCarron throwing the ball downfield. Like that's just not it's not appealing. It's just, there's not there's nothing exciting or appealing about the game right now. Except for their, they got their their kickoffs are a little interesting. That's about it. Yeah. It reminds you that it's not the NFL. What they need to do is they need to go back to like what NFL Europe did, and they need to work hand in hand with the NFL. You're supposed to be a developmental league, right? And you should their goal should be to develop quarterbacks because that's what NFL Europe was all about was developing quarterbacks because the NFL was having problems where quarterbacks were getting hurt or there weren't enough good quarterbacks in the league 
are competent quarterbacks. <coughs> so this is your chance to develop players, mainly the quarterback position. And that's what this should be about. You know, like imagine a, t- a guy like Tim Tebow who got to develop his ability to pass for three or four years before going to the NFL. Instead of sitting behind Brady or sitting behind Mark Sanchez, you know, you could have been in this kind of league developing on how to how developing as a pro passer. Um, you know, a, who's the guy that came out? Oh, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, another guy that would have benefited from a league like this. He'll be there. Yeah, he'll be there. Don't give me He definitely will. He definitely will. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush would have excelled in a league like this, and it would have made him even better to when he when he eventually got to the NFL. Like that's the kind. That's what you're trying to do. You know, you're trying to develop one or two positions so that they can make a 53-man roster one day. That's your but, goal. But that's what I mean when this is fine for what it is. It's fine for third-string football in spring. Yes. It's, it's fine for what it's it is. It's not right. You're not <laughs> going to – don't try to compete with the NFL. That's not what this should be. You're a developmental league and you're spring football. That's that's what it should be. Right. Your job, your job, like you said, is to get guys ready for the big show. Right. Like your minor league right. baseball. Yep, your minor league baseball. That's minor, your job. You're low, you're low budget minor league baseball. That's what you are. Uh, I don't know, and you know, to be honest with you, I I don't I don't know if the TV contract it, it should be the way it is. You know, maybe it's just one or two games get televised. I know it sounds ludicrous and sounds stupid, but you need to you need to you need to grow the brand more before you you start rolling out all these games and expect all these people to watch. I had fatigue from watching on Saturday. I couldn't fucking watch anymore on Sunday. <laughs> like, I couldn't watch any more of that trash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if it's one day a week, if it's a highlighted day where you get like three games in one day and that's it, or hey, yeah, maybe the lo- maybe in the local arena, you know, you'll, you'll broadcast the games fine, but nationally, like, I'm not... I'm yeah, but, I mean, if you look at it, right, they took out a few markets. New York isn't available, right? It's wild. It is what it is. Like, they kind of understand, right? They didn't build themselves as Dallas. They built themselves as... They, they built themselves as Arlington. Yeah. And I think it's the one thing that XFL 1.0 did correctly. Like, they had Birmingham, Alabama, right? They had Las Vegas. Las Vegas was nothing at the time. They had nothing. They went out there and they cultivated a market. Like, why can't you do that with Birmingham again? Why can't you do that with Salt Lake City? Why can't you do that with Milwaukee? Like, you know... Why can't you do that with Richmond, Virginia? Because I think the I think the other thing that would be a good idea, not that these people need something to play for, but I think it would be a good idea that the winning team, all the players get into camp. Mm. They get into camp. Why can't that happen? You can't spread fifty-three players over thirty-two teams. And if and if the coaches want to cut them after a week, three days, four days, that's fine. But every player who wins the championship should get into camp for the team. Right. And then what happens? What can the NFL do with that? They can brand the shit out of it. 
They can make a reality show out of it. Yeah. And then you get people watching. And now all of a sudden, people are going to the XFL games because they're saying, hey, right, this right. guy could possibly be maybe not necessarily on a roster, but he can compete for a job. Right. And who knows what he might get on practice squad. And <coughs> who knows what happens. And then if he, if he falls out, all right, come back to the league next year. And I think the other thing they should do is, is you shouldn't be able to be a career XFL player. Mm-hmm. You get two to three years and that's it. You know, we're not, you're not, you're not here. You're, we're a developmental league. It's meant for you to develop your craft and move on. You got two to three years to do that. And after that, sorry, brah. Because you're, oh, you're going to continue to have talent coming in. That's true. Now, there's always going to be opportunity. So, I think the coaches, you mean, the coaches are going to do what they're going to do anyway. So, they, they'll cycle out players as they want to do. But... Ultimately, you have to know your role. As a famous guy once said, know your role and shut your mouth. And of course, we know this Travis Kelsey. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodie snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at fade route podcast on IG or drop us a line on our Twitter page at fade route DNZ. boys and girls our mailbox is full today and if you want to get in on the action hit us up at favoroutmail at gmail.com and if your email makes the cut you'll hear it on this here show our first email comes from hell's kitchen poppy in well hell's kitchen what's up guys i saw the mets commercial during the super bowl and i was confused is Uncle Steve trying to sell tickets, attract players, or show more people how much money he has? <laughs> he's just trying to show people how much money he has. I mean, I don't know what he's trying to mean. That commercial is not going to make you want to go buy tickets, number one. And number two, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're trying to attract players to the Mets. That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I just think he wants to show, hey, I could buy a Super Bowl ad. No other owners doing that shit. <laughs> well, business it's, expense. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you definitely. <laughs> and it was a local ad. It was not a national ad. Let's not. Uh, let's they not get it twisted money. here. They still cost money, but they're not going to cost on the level of a national ad. 
but you know, you got your players out there. You got your Lindors, you got your Nimos, you got Edwin Diaz. Mr. Met was there, you know. Other teams in the market aren't doing that. You don't see the Boston Red Sox putting that out there. Usually they're they're saved for ESPN commercials. So, you know, it was it was just a little, hey, we're here. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Remember, you want to come out. We're the fun place to be. I mean, some people will be attracted to that. The Mets fans are already kind of dyed in the wool. So you're not necessarily attracting... You're not really attracting diehards that way. But maybe you're attracting the casual. Maybe you're attracting the guy who just wants to go hang out, you know, in the Jim Beam section and just be there for the socialization of it. You know, be there for the event. So I see where he's going. I definitely see where he was going. And I mean, it's fine. It's It was fun. It didn't take itself too seriously. And, you know, if more teams did that, if more teams actually invested in their teams, like, we wouldn't have these Steve Cohen rules. I'm just throwing that out there. So, you know, he's, he's giving it back. And that's okay. Like, he's giving it back. Email number two comes from Claire in Worcester. New to the show. I saw the Bruins slap the Islanders on Saturday, and I'm starting to think nobody in the Eastern Conference has a chance. Is there anybody in the East that can stop the Bruins? I'll let you uh, lead off for this one. Oh, it's hard, right? Like the Bruins are good, man. Yeah, they are damn good. (laughs) They're, They're damn good. They're. The Bruins are, you know, they are extremely good. They're extremely deep. I mean, 43, 8, and 5. 8. 43, 8, 91 points. 91 (laughs) points on the season. The next closest team in their division is Toronto with 78. Like, that's a lot. That's a huge, that's a pretty damn big difference. That's a problem. That's that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. (laughs) Now... The trade deadline is coming up, so they can still bolster this roster. <laughs> Think about that, right? But you have Bergeron and Krejci and Charlie Coyle and Nick Foligno and Taylor Hall. Oh, just won a thing related to call the MVP. Marshan the face licker. Pasta. I mean... Marshan the face licker. What, I mean, he's Marshan the face licker. That's what he is. Now, the goaltending situation, right? Tuka Rask ultimately retired, and you're trying to figure out, you know, are these guys legit? Are Olmark and Jeremy Swayman going to be able to replace Tuka Rask? And the answer is yes. Like, it's, you know, Swayman is 13-4-4 with a 2-2-1 goals against. <laughs> That's pretty freaking good now as far as teams in the east that can give them a run I mean I'm going to be partial right I'm going to be biased towards the Rangers just because I'm a Ranger fan 
Like, as quiet as it's kept, I'm a Ranger fan. They just picked up Vladimir Tarasenko. You, they now can roll four lines, right? Now, that's a pretty dangerous combination. Nobody's near Boston, right? I mean, the Rangers only have 75 points. Very good. Nowhere close. Maple Leafs. They just traded for Ryan O'Reilly. Solid player to add to the forward depth, right? Because you still have Mitch Marner. You still have Austin Matthews. You still have Nylander. Nobody's catching the Bruins right now. Nobody. Not It's not even close. Even Carolina. Carolina, they got drubbed by the Rangers. <laughs> they got drubbed. So By the Rangers or they got by Boston? By the Rangers. Uh-huh. So we were talking about the Rangers about that one. So by kind of that, like the Rangers aren't on the Bruins level and the Canes got pretty well handled. So, would it be a tough series? Yes. But the Bruins are still more talented. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to look. It's hard. But go ahead. What do you think? I mean, for me, they... What they're doing this year is just ridiculous. I blinked my eyes and it was 3-0. I saw the game, too, over the weekend. Um, You know, the thing about hockey is you get a hot goaltender, anything can happen. And I like I like teams I like defending champions. So I know Tampa won two years ago, but I I think Tampa could you know if Tampa's rolling they could beat them. I think the I think the Florida Panthers uh, could could beat them. Um, and I think a pissed off Alexander Ovechkin could beat them. So that, those are the only three teams I think could stop. Yeah, I don't know. Like you, you're kind of. How many times can you be disappointed by the Florida Panthers? How no, many times? Eventually, something has to give, right? Yeah. Well, usually they break up the team. Usually, that's what what happens. That you get to the point of frustration and they break up the team. But this year, they're not having as great of a year as last year anyway. They're only you know 29, 25 on the season, but they do have the goalie, right? They do have Bobrovsky. You do have Tampa Bay. They have Vasilevsky, right? The Rangers have Shesterkin. The Caps, man, the Caps are lying in the weeds. It's, some, it's a team you always have to worry about. Now, a team like the Devils, like just a little bit ahead, could be a sleeper. But do you worry, as a Bruins fan, that they're peaking too soon? Do you worry that they're so far out ahead of everybody that it's just going to be downhill here? Right? And the, you concern yourself with the fact that they still have to get to May and June. Now, how, are they going to be spent by that time? That's why I think that the trade deadline is going to be very fascinating. Are they going to add? Can they bolster this lineup? Could a guy like Patrick Kane end up in Boston and make it even more formidable, even more deadly? I don't know. I mean, time's going to tell, but that's definitely something you need to keep in the back of your mind. That it's it's still very early because we have to play until June if we want to hoist Lloyd, Lord Stanley's Cup. But you mentioned hot goalie. 
That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Injuries, hot goalie, slumps. Hockey can be a very fickle sport. Extremely fickle sport. Email number three comes to us from Dan in Champaign, Illinois. Haven't heard you guys talk much about college basketball this year. I know it's early, but any four teams that you like? Well, I like Purdue. Mm-hmm. Shocker. <laughs> right. Um, I can... It's tough because it's been so up and down. But I'll say I like Purdue. Uh, I like Tennessee. I like Kansas State. And the fourth one's going to be a wild card. You know, the fourth one could be... not going to say Northwestern, but, <laughs> uh, say te- no, not Texas Tech, they're not going to be good, and the and Duke and Carolina are terrible, so I'll go with a blue blood, I'll go with Kansas, just because they've been playing really well lately. Well, they're really the only traditional so I've got a lot of big, i got a lot of big 12 schools. <clears throat> that's fair, that is very fair, I mean, Kansas is the only traditional power that's kind of up there, Kansas and UCLA, right, but... North Carolina was preseason number one. Where are they now? Look at you now. Yeah. They're not, Dude, they might not make the tournament. No. Well, the NIT is going to be so fucking great this year. <laughs> they're going to be loaded with... You're gonna just, have, gonna, just by names, though, but not with good basketball. Who cares? You're going to have Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky in the NIT. That's going to be... That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Now... The Alabama situation is very interesting to me. Like, it's, you know, they're a non-traditional power. But then you also have their best player wrapped up in this murder. I don't know if you saw that. Apparently, their best player supplied a gun or brought a gun that was ultimately... Yeah, Brandon Miller. Yeah, that was ultimately used in a murder. So, I'm like... You know, that's a little, you know, that gives you a little bit of pause right there. Like, that definitely gets your attention for all the wrong reasons. I mean, Purdue, how many times are you, they're going to be a number one? Like, they've been up and down all year, but they've been at the top multiple times. Houston, like, Houston is a team that definitely, you know, they're on the come. So, they're definitely worth noting. But... Yeah, I mean, this is the ultimate year of, does anybody want it? You know, and that's kind of, I've noticed the trend, right? It seems to be that, like, nobody really wants it. The number one, no, you can have it. I'm good. I'm good. No, uh, Oh, I got it? No, you can have it now. It kind, of, it kind of gets passed around. And I wonder how much of that is due to the NIL deals and a developed sense of parity. You know, teams can compete with the big blue bloods now. Right? There's a reason why North Carolina is nowhere to be found here. Are they recruiting the best of the best? Not necessarily. Like, other teams can pay too. A team like Virginia is always dangerous. You have Baylor. Baylor's always going to hang around. But top of the top, Houston, 
Purdue. I'm monitoring Alabama. I'm monitoring Alabama. But and I'm not so I'm not too sold on it. And then, you know, just based on just based on recent track record, Kansas. Like I'm with you on Kansas. Like they're playing great right now. Somebody has to. <laughs> Somebody's got to represent for the OGs. It might as well be the Kansas Jayhawks. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and the vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy and do you know who who took home the coveted ass trophy last week i don't know it was kevin durant that guy you built a super team again what do you expect kev like kd what the hell do you expect but that was last week this is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right. Well, first up, I've got Alabama, right? Uh, for mm-hmm. letting freshman Brandon Miller play, despite being linked to bringing a former teammate a gun that was used to kill a woman. <laughs> do better. Just do better. Second, I have is Netflix releasing a quarterback series starring, wait for this, Pat Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and... Mariota? Huh? Like, what? Where? Did you guys, did you pick these guys' names out of a hat? Just do better. Do better. And last, and certainly one of the least, Adam Silver. For allowing that glorified layup line to be played on Sunday night and calling it the NBA All-Star Game. How about we get some guys out there next year that have pride in their craft, pride in the league, and want to compete on a high level. Z, what do you got? All fine choices. All absolutely fine choices. I'm going to have to start with the NBA. 
in general, not just Adam Silver for allowing the All-Star game to happen, but that is just hot garbage. <laughs> we saw what we witnessed was absolute garbage. And you can disguise it all you want in terms of offense and, you know, Kevin Durant saying that, you know, people want to see transactions now. People don't necessarily... What? So what you're saying is that people are more interested in the transactions of the league than the actual play of the league? I'm just... I'm trying to follow. I'm honestly trying to follow that. But if that's the case, then they are... They are screwed. They are screwed. NBA, you are my alleged superstar of the week. The XFL, welcome back. Dear God. Welcome back. Welcome back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. I got, I really loved all of those fans disguised as empty seats. (laughs) That was wonderful. I didn't realize it was Halloween. But third string football, spring football, but with all the bells and whistles and with the rocks endorsement and all that good stuff. Tickets are about 20 bucks in case you're interested. It's not bad. But what, you get what you pay for. You definitely well, you definitely get what you pay for. I, I will give you that. You are definitely going to you, you'll get your money's worth and then some with, with 20 bucks. You might even get some change. XFL, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, I'm going to have to go with Derek Carr. For the whole process, got wooed, went to the Italian restaurant, confided in your brother that it's going to be a long process. You know, listen... For, read through the lines, right? Read through the lines. He didn't get a good offer. So, Derek's gonna wait. Okay. That's fine. Remember who you are. That's all I'm saying. Remember who you are. You have other guys in this game of musical chairs who are better than you, who are more established than you. That's all I'm saying, Derek. Just remember who you are. Beggars can't be choosers. You were a raider your entire career. Derek Carr, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to the Fade Route DNZ Twitter page and vote. And vote and vote and vote. And for our nominees. <laughs> Just do better, boys. Just do better. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service quality products and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. 
I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Order up! Alright boys and girls, it's time for us to order up. Order up, order up. Last week we started our preview of the Major League Baseball season by ordering up the American League West. This week, we are ordering up the National League West. From 5 to 1, who you got, D? Alright, so first up, I have the Diamondbacks. Lots of young talent, but they are two years away from being two years away. <laughs> uh, number four, I got the Rockies. When the owner is optimistic about the team being 500, you know you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> number mm. three, I've got the Giants. They missed out on Correa. They missed out on Judge, but I think they're going to be okay. I mean, they went and signed Mitch Hanniger. They got uh, well-rested Michael Conforto ready to play. So I think that's good for a third. Uh, number two, um, you know, it's, it's going to be the Padres. Um, they're, they're still the Dodgers' little brother. Uh, Machado, Soto, Bogarts, Darvish, Musgrove, they're, they got stars. Number one in all your hearts. I got the Dodgers. One in lot nine of the last ten years. Coming off a record-breaking 111-win season. Retz, Freeman, Bueller, Kershaw. Gang's all here. Maybe Otani. So, yeah, that's what I got. Sounding good choices. You definitely have, you know, a well-represented view of National League West. This is tough, right? It's who sucks less for Arizona or Colorado. Now, I did lay, I did live in Colorado for about a year and never got to a Rockies game. Never was really high priority. Yeah, no, they're in last place. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Charlie Blackman will eventually get traded. You'll have... CJ Crone will probably get traded. Sensatella will probably get traded at some point. Herman Marquez will probably get traded. You know, you don't have enough Major League talent on this roster. Daniel Bard is on this roster, right? Like, he had a great year, right? He comeback player rediscovered himself after the yips. It's not good enough. Kyle Freeland is probably your ace. Not good enough. 
How long before Chris Bryant wants out of town? Who will take him? He's got to play. I think he only played like 36 or 46 games last year. Right. So, the cupboard is bare, man. The cupboard is bare in Colorado. The only thing that puts Arizona, in my opinion, above them is that they have slightly better pitching. Right? Way better Mexican food, too. Whoa. Well, I don't know, not necessarily. Denver is really good Mexican food. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, Denver has really good fucking Mexican food. But, like, you have Christian Walker, you have a, you have Josh Rojas, Ketel Marte is there, Ketel Marte is there, you have some players, you have some position players they got Lord as Gurriel. Sound like a bunch of guys at the back of a fucking bar. <laughs> Well, it's more than what Colorado's got, right? Like, I mean, I've heard of these guys. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. That's kind of what Denver's, this is what Colorado's looking at, you know? <laughs> at least, you know, there's some t- up-and-coming young talent like Alec Thomas, Haven Smith, and then say what you will about the rotation, but Madison Bumgarner, Zach Davies, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. These are serviceable players. They're serviceable pitchers. At this point, they're number fours. You have a collection of fours, but, you know, they'll be in it. So, Rockies at four, D-backs at four. Giants firmly at three. We agree. We agree. The Giants are firmly at three. They did not do anywhere near enough. Right? They brought in Mitch Hanniger. Okay. That's nice. You wanted Aaron Judge. Right? Well, Carlos Correa, where's he at? Yeah, that's that. Mm. You brought in Shamanaya. You brought in Ross Stripling. You bolster the rotation. That's great. But who's scoring the runs? Wilmer Flores, Tyra Estrada, J.D. Davis, New York castoffs. Is Joey Bark any good? Right? He was supposed to be the guy who's going to replace Buster Posey. We're going to find out. Like The runs have to come from somewhere. And I don't know. I really don't know. As Conforto, Jock Peterson, Stremski, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. But the pitching will carry them through to third place. Leaves two and one. Padres and Dodgers. Dodgers and Padres. Who do you choose? Who do you choose? It's old money versus new money. It's little brother versus big brother. At what at what point does the little brother knock out the big brother? At what at what point does the little brother play King of the Hill and take it? Padres fans hope it's this year, right? You bring in Seth Lugo, you you add on to your name at every position roster, right? Now you have Xander Bogarts, very luxury. An extremely luxury pickup. 
Outfield is extremely thin outside of Juan Soto. Grisham's not great. You have Adam Engel, Matt Carpenter. <laughs> you brought in Nelson Cruz. You brought in, what, 47-year-old? No, 43-year-old Nelson Cruz. It's got to be this year, right? It's put up or shut up time. It's make or break. And I just can't do it. I just can't take the Padres over the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been there. They've done that. They have the they have the rings. To be the man, you got to beat the man. We're going to see if the Padres are going to beat the man. I think they're firmly at two. And the Dodgers are going to keep cruising at one. They're just that damn good. And they're willing to get better. Otani, anyone? This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.